Welcome to BeastNet. You've tuned in to a special episode dedicated to the Sober Spartan. These episodes are an extension of the Facebook group Sober Spartans. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect any policy or position of anyone but themselves. Show guests share their stories openly and honestly. Some will remain anonymous, some will share their names. Please be respectful of the privacy of those who wish to remain anonymous. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land. Today is the special episode where we do Silver Spartans, where you got Brother Boggs, and today I'm talking with Shannon Abraham, um, just like Lincoln, that's what she said. So, <laughs> yep, there she is. We got her on the show, and today we're we're talking about her background. So, Shannon, tell everybody about yourself. Who are you? Um, I'm so many things. Uh, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Uh, I'm a Spartan. I'm a paramedic. Um, I'm a woman in recovery. Um, well, there we go. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I guess you want to know some of my background, how it was I came to to find Spartan races and, and OCRs in general. Um, health and fitness for me came as a kind of like a last ditch effort into survival. Um, some years back, I was diagnosed with post traumatic stress, and I went through the medication regimens, and I ended up being that percentage that the medication was more harmful than it was good. And I kind of came into the fitness world as a means to, to find a new balance in life, so to speak. Um, um, I did not directly come into doing OCRs and stuff. I actually came across, um, I think it was maybe a Facebook ad or something for, for Spartan and I watched them for about two years and I was completely and utterly scared to death to try anything like that. And a friend of mine, uh, we were both paramedics down in Florida together some years back. I talked her into doing our first Spartan race together and we had a little team we built of newbies and it was the most traumatic event ever because we picked Asheville as our very first race and um, we survived it. And I think our team name was, but did you die? And uh, it went down in history after that. I've been, I'm on my third year of doing them now. You say Asheville, that's one that uh, I saw the videos from last year and I'm sure last year was probably a good, uh, a good comparison to the first year you did it, right? A big wet sloppy mess. It it really was. Um, I I would say last year's wasn't as bad as the year before though. There was um, shin deep gray mud. It was a, vehicles were stuck left and right and it I, I think though it, it just made the race much more of an adventure because starting from the time you pulled into the parking lot the adventure began yeah that was exactly like seattle the spring race the last few years i think the tractors had more fun getting people out of the parking lot than people did parking yeah 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 without a doubt i did uh the trail run there last year um, and uh, I did that with a, another uh, fire medic actually from Florida that came up. Um, his name's Aaron, and he is uh, he's the owner of Archer's Movement and Florida Canine Unleashed, and uh, I believe Nulo sponsors him with a lot of the Spartan races, but him and I did the, the TR there in Asheville last year together, um, which was really fun because that gave me an opportunity to catch up with someone that I hadn't seen for a long time. That's awesome. You know, last year I was going to do the trail run didn't get to it up here in seattle and then this year i'm signed up for everything 
every single race in Seattle, Montana, Portland, and what happens? Yeah, yeah. I um, was hoping to pull off um, my ultra this year. I attempted it last year in Carolinas, and um, I ended up going out for medical for hypothermia with probably like half the other people that signed up for the race. And it's uh, the ultra is a special race for me because it's I'm doing it in honor of um, first responders that um, either are struggling with a uh, PTSD and suicide and stuff like that. Um, but I was also doing it in memory of those that aren't with us any longer. So um, I actually was scheduled to do it again in Fayetteville. And then all of that came to be one big mess. And then I signed up to do it in Carolinas. And as you just said, everything is out. So you should join us in October next year in uh, Dallas. Oh, we're in Dallas. I'm gonna have yeah, to a bunch of us that. are going to, we're going to get a bunch of us that are first timers and a couple of people that were their second or third time, uh, ultras, but that's what we've been doing. I don't know if you've seen on my Facebook, all the crazy stuff, 50 mile, 35 mile. Oh, let's just go rock uh, Spartan <laughs> beast. That sounds fun. Yeah. And that's, that's us preparing for, for the suck fest that is 31 miles and 60 options. Yeah, Amanda is actually the first person that I've met face-to-face that has um, has completed the ultra. I tried to get um, the girl I started doing Spartan with, her name is Shannon as well, I tried to get her to do the ultra and I even had her convinced that they let us pack food in a bucket and there's this transition period and she was like, I'm happy to pack your lunch for you, but no, I'm not doing that. You are absolutely insane. So, but... I, uh, it's, that's my goal is to be able to complete it. Um, you know, however many burpees it takes. Oh, uh, you know, at, at worst, it's, it's what, 1800 burpees if you fail every single one. I know. And I'm pretty sure that we can, <laughs> we can get under the dunk wall and stuff. So it's not going to be 1800 burpees. Yeah. Although the dunk wall was so, definitely last year in the Carolinas, the dunk wall was its own obstacle. I think that was my breaking point for hypothermia. That, uh, yeah, that, that was exactly it in Seattle 2018 and 2019. 2018 wasn't as bad because it was at yeah. least 50 degrees out. For for 2019, it was like 45 degrees with 20 mile an hour crosswinds. So the actual feeling was a whole lot less. And I think we had 200 plus dropout for hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's about like what Carolina's was, except it was sleeting as well. And I, I remember they... Okay closed a few miles off the second lap because it was um, too dangerous for people to pass. Yep. For the, the regular, I think the beast there, um, Erica Bugen was out there with more heart than scars and ended up taking yep. her off course because she was getting hypothermic. Yeah. But I was in denial of it the whole time until someone came up to have a conversation with me um, heading into the second lap. And in my mind, I thought I was speaking fine, but if I could tell by the look on their face that the words coming out were not the same that I thought were coming <laughs> out. So it got interesting, but. Yep. It was almost like a, a drunk speech. They didn't have a clue what you're saying, but you thought it, you it, knew what was up. It really was. And when they checked my sugar in all fairness, it was under 40. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. So, but you know, we're, we're driven and some of us are a little more hard headed than others. Yep. I, I know that feeling. Uh, you know, I finished a couple of races that I really didn't think I should have finished. And like some of the ones in Seattle and stuff, I came home and sat in a bathtub and two days later still couldn't get warm. Yeah. Um, Montana, Montana last year, my doctor just changed my medicine and I wasn't paying attention. And uh, I was probably 
completely dehydrated by about mile three or four. And by the end of the race, I was speaking in tongues and somebody was helping carry me through the rest of the beast. Yeah. And I'm medical, so I, I know better. Um, but I think even, even those of us that work in the field, it uh, we can convince ourselves otherwise. Yeah, I just started teaching first aid CPR AED this year, and uh, everything nice. I teach is not what I do. No, no, it's, it's ne- it never, 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 never. Yeah. So what, what uh, we all have a, a story and what got us to where we are in the Silver Spartans. Uh, what got you here? So with Sober Spartans, um, so it's funny, I didn't know Amanda as, as Amanda. We were following each other actually on Instagram. Uh, I run a nonprofit organization uh, called No 911 Left Behind. And um, we basically what we do is we help other first responders. And, and when I say first responders, that's everybody from like um, a volunteer firefighter, EMT, paramedics, police officers, fire, law enforcement, nurses, doctors, correctional officers, um, across the board, 911 dispatchers, all of them. And um, so we were following each other on our Instagram pages and I actually knew her as the Dreddy Spartan. And all of a sudden in my Facebook messenger, one day I get a message and it comes up, Amanda, and I see the picture and they were the same picture. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And she just, she's like, hey girl, I started this group called Sober Spartans and I see you help people with recovery and all kinds of stuff. And I thought you might be interested in helping me out with it. And I mean, it was brand new. Like she might've had it out there a month tops, maybe two. And, uh, and of course I was like, let's do it. So, and um, <laughs> it's, it's been awesome. Like we didn't, neither one of us kind of knew what to do, how to handle it. We're both East side or East coast people. So um, we managed to drum up um, Jesse and Jessica, which they're both um, out in West coast. And uh, it, you know, we've kind of like, I think Amanda said it before, we just kind of went with the flow with it. You know, we, we knew that, you know, we wanted people that were, um, you know, trying to live sober lives, but, you know, utilizing the, the world of OCR and Spartan and stuff as a means to help facilitate that. And it's, it's been wonderful. Um, Jessica and Jesse coming on um, was a huge help. And then, you know, Jessica does wonderful with it. She keeps up with the Zoom meetings, especially since the whole pandemic thing started. Um, Jesse was great in, um, you know, helping us get our first shirt designs and things like that. And, I think it's just kind of been a place for people to go, you know, where we know everybody in that room has got the same struggles, regardless of what the addiction is on the bottom line, the struggle underneath is still the same. And, you know, we have that commonality of all being into, you know, Spartans or some sort of OCR or looking to get into it. And um, I don't talk as much in it as I was for a little while there, just because I am one of those, like I always have 10 million things going on at one time. And um, I do see a lot where we even get people that come in that haven't done an OCR yet. And um, like, it kind of broke my heart to read some of the messages because with all the cancellations for this year, we had several people I saw that were lined up to do their first races in recovery um, and they're not getting the opportunity to do it. But I think that there's a lot virtual going on out there that's giving them that opportunity, a little taste of what you know, they have no idea what they're stepping off in because our Spartan worlds are amazing, but they're getting a small taste of it currently in the midst of a pandemic. But um, to me, it just, it warms my heart to see that stuff because I remember um, I got clean off drugs like almost 21 years now. Um, 
but I refound recovery about six, little over six years ago, um, after battling through some really bad PTSD, and I went through um, a suicide attempt, and everything just kind of landed me where I'm at today. Um, but it it warms my heart that people have that because you know when I got when I initially got clean off drugs, there there was like an ARA, and that was it. I mean, you didn't really have anything else out there. Um, certainly not a world like we offer with the OCR and stuff, and um, and being able today for me to be able to teach people how to utilize physical health as a means to support mental health, um, it's, it feels like it's been my true calling for a long time. And being with Sober Spartans helps me to do that, you know, more so locally, um, but I get that opportunity to do it virtually as well. Yeah, with all the cancellations this year, um, I've kind of moved on to creating virtual meetups where we meet up at a location and yeah, we actually, and originally I told people don't show up. Yeah, do not show up. If you do, wear a mask and keep your distance. But this is where we're working out. Um, it's just a means to get people together without getting people together. Um, yeah. And that, that worked really well for keeping some of the community aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny that you bring up uh, Jesse and Jessica, because I've had Jessica on the show. I've had Amanda and now, and now you. Jesse is the one that I haven't been able to get on, which is hilarious because I see him all the time. <laughs> uh, oh. Last year, you know, the, the beast net, we put on a, a Christmas party with him up in Seattle. And mm-hmm. um, God, a year and a half ago, I sat there and, and had a, probably a two, three hour long conversation with Jesse, not knowing that he was a sober Spartan or wow. that he was in, in recovery. And, and we just clicked. It was like, man, this is just, you know, we just hit on all cylinders, and then it was actually not until probably November, October last year that I found out that he was that he was in recovery. About the time that I started getting involved with the Silver Spartans last year, and yeah. of course Jesse's the one putting up the putting up the shirts. And it's like, well, heck, Jesse, you're helping me with shirts for the Beast Net, and now you're doing <laughs> this. Uh, so you a silver guy, and, uh, and of course he started to tell me a little bit. I was like, all right, we got to get you on the show, and it just hasn't happened yet <laughs> it will every, every time we get together sure. yeah it's just every time we get together there's a million other things going on uh you know him and i were working on on doing some west coast obstacle stuff uh setting up some training events and then all of a sudden you know those got shut down and then we finally got out and and did some just some good hikes and walks and talks and you know hopefully we'll get back to to recording and regular life someday i'm thinking somewhere around november 5th (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe um yeah i was actually uh, amanda i haven't got to meet um just i've met jessica just you know virtually in zoom meetings and stuff and some of the the little 10ks and 5ks that we've put off um but i haven't got to meet jesse yet and amanda we've met a few times at some races Uh, she's actually supposed to be on my in my neck of the woods on the coast here shortly. And I'm trying to get my schedule to open up a little bit so I can take a ride down there. I think she just needs a running partner for one day. <laughs> so, But I'd be happy to make the drive and take the little road trip to her. I just have to check my schedule because I'm in North Carolina and she's in Virginia. So I'll meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, somewhere. She's taking a family vacation on the coast. So, and oh, I just awesome. came back from one, I went to New Hampshire and we just got back Sunday. So. Well, that's awesome. Um, I take it New Hampshire is nice and sunny and got some good R&R. 
It, it really was. They got hit with a bit of a heat wave, believe it or not. So it was like 94 up there. But we were um, we were staying on a lake there, and uh, we went took a little day trip up to Portland, Maine. That was my first time going there, and that was really really nice. It was good to get away and um, you know get to say that I went that far northeast because <laughs> I've always been a, a southeast okay. girl. Yeah, up in Maine, uh, they've got a tourmaline farm up there, a tourmaline mine, and my wife wants me to get her there. We went to the to the diamond uh, mine, the open pit one down in, uh, what is it, in Arkansas or whatever, where you can go and, mm-hmm. and dig in the mud. That's really all yeah. it is, is a giant mud field. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and she loved that and wants to go up to, to Maine where we can get in there and go look for tourmaline, which is hopefully yeah. not just another big mud field. <laughs> yeah, it's a be- it's beautiful up there this time of year. Um, it really, I was up there last year briefly, um, the end of June, and uh, it wasn't bad, but um, the whole week was perfect. It would it rained one day for an hour, that was it. So it was just sunny, clear skies, and in the 90s the whole time we were there, which would have sucked had we not been on a body of water. But you know, <laughs> it, it it was nice. Yeah, it was much needed, especially after this year. And we all know yeah, how I'm sure being a, years been. I'm sure being a paramedic, that's definitely made it a lot harder for you, responding, having to get extra PPE and all that on for every every response. It it is. Um, it it gets to be exhausting and overwhelming, and it's you know it's not just physically exhausting; it's emotionally exhausting, and um, you know, and and people want us to have the answers when they call us, and and we don't have any more answers than anybody else does. You know, we're just try to protect ourselves, treat the patients the best that way that we can and get them to the emergency room as safely as possible. Yeah. But no, the PPE isn't yeah, any fun. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. And then, you know, with your, with your background, honestly, most everybody I've ever talked to in your field, they all have a little bit of PTSD and then have been affected by it in some way. That probably isn't very helpful right now with, with the way the world has been. Yeah, you, uh, and for me, I mean, I can personally say that's where a lot of, you know, being able to escape and go on runs and being able to work out and, and having that, uh, it creates a balance for me, you know, because there's, there's some stuff that happens in my career where, you know, we can talk about it and it makes it better. And then there's stuff that no matter how much you talk about it, it's not going to make it any better, but you've got to find a piece and, um, you know, and, and just kind of some, some things take longer to process than others. So, and then throwing a pandemic in the middle of it. I mean, I wasn't bored. I wasn't looking (laughs) for a challenge, but here it is. (laughs) So, but yeah, a a lot of us in this field struggle with the post-traumatic stress. A lot of us do. Um, And I try to help people learn how to identify it when it happens because denial is a very dark place to be. Now, when they're in denial and then it just keeps building and building and building. And unfortunately, you know, you know what the end result is of that uh, through personal experience. And, you know, yeah. Luckily, luckily it didn't work. And uh, it got to renew your strength and sobriety a little bit. I did very much so. Very much so. It was, um, you know, I, ta- I was having a conversation one time with Amanda when we first started uh, Sober Spartans up. And, you know, and I, I told her it was just like going back through recovery all over again, but utterly and completely different. You know, um, I got, when I do testimonies and stuff and I, and I talk to other people about it, when I initially um, got sober years and years ago, I just, long story short, I just traded out one addiction for another. You know, I went from being a 
from being a heroin addict to being a workaholic. And um, for decades, you couldn't convince me otherwise that I wasn't, I was fine because I was a productive member of society and I could pay my bills and I had a career and, you know, and then I had myself and everybody around me convinced that I was completely fine. And, you know, six years ago, although I, you know, I didn't pick up using drugs again, it wasn't anything like that, but everything in my life still fell apart all the same. You know, it, it didn't matter that I wasn't using drugs, like everything still fell apart. And um, I guess sometimes, um, I mean, I know not everybody's uh, has, you know, believes in God or whatever, everybody's got their own thing. But, you know, for me, I'm a follower of Christ. And I just feel like that was God's way of, you know, sometimes we got to fall hard to stand up break. You got to test you and remind you how strong you really are. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and here I am. I mean, I've been in EMS uh, for 20 years and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think everything that I've been through in the last, especially in the last six years, I think it's made me a, a better healthcare provider overall, a very much more compassionate one, um, not just for my patients, but for the people that I work with and the people that I work for. And um, it, you know, I carry that with me when I go out, you know, on the courses and stuff, doing races and, and training other people to help them do races. Um, the, as a matter of fact, when I, the first time I got to meet Amanda face to face was in the Carolinas. And I had two of the girls that I spent maybe about five or six months training for their first race, which was in the Carolinas. Um, uh, and there was another one that's a paramedic with me. She was there as well doing her first race. Um, but you know, uh, the, that look on their face, you know, when they, when they finally <laughs> came to the finish line and jumped the fire, um, it was, it was amazing, you know, because I know how hard those two girls worked to get to where they were and how scared they were going onto their first race and not knowing what to expect. And, um, and it, and they're, they're, they're heartbroken because they were actually supposed to be wrapping up their first trifecta this year and it didn't work out that way, but. I, t- I just tell them just it gives us more time to keep focusing on our training. You know, for me, I've got a lot of upper body work to work on because I'm horrible at like the rope climb and basically anything that requires me to lift my body up with my arms. I'm horrible at. Um, so to me, you know, is as detrimental as is all these OCR races and stuff being canceled for the remainder of the year there's a lot of positivity that can come out of it. If people just hold on to that and just focus, and especially when it comes to people that are in recovery that are also, you know, training as well. Um, you just gonna just think of it as you get five or six more months of, you know, all this training and kicking ass and taking names and, and, you know, there's positivity in it. If you look at it that way. And that's, I've been pushing a lot of the virtuals on people um, just because, you know, the, the Spartan or the Tough Mudder or the Ultravirus, any of these virtuals, the ones that, that put a little bit of time into it, uh, you know, they have a lot of bodyweight exercises, which if you've ever done a, a Spartan uh, group workout, it's a lot of the same exercises we do there. And the way that I break it down for the people that go in our groups is I, you know, one mile, you do two or three exercises. Next mile, you do two or three exercises. And I break it down, you know, whether it's a, a 5K or a, 10k or 21k i break it down so that you're getting a workout along the way and you're not just blasting yourself at the end of the beginning which um the first time we did it was the spartan virtual ultra and we went and did the 31 miles first and then we blasted ourselves at the end and you know at the end i was getting kind of loopy because 
I was already <laughs> exhausted and blasting. So it, is, it works out better for you if you do them in between each mile? That's It's just like doing a race. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the way I looked at it was, yeah, I can go out and I can run as hard as I can for, for 3.1 miles and then do a bunch of sit-ups and push-ups and burpees and do it as fast as I can. Or I can do it like at the Spartan and go out and, you know, run a mile and do three or four workouts, run another mile, do three or four workouts, run a mile, do three yeah. or four workouts. And then, you know, for the sprint, go run another 0.1 miles and then finish your workouts. And that worked out real well for me and, and for a lot of the group that I've got with me. Uh, I'm always posting Mike and, and Virginia and Chris. And, you know, we have a pretty good group up here that comes to a lot of the, the workouts I'm hosting that I'm not actually hosting because you're not allowed to have group exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here in North Carolina, we just keep our, our groups and stuff. Um, I try to cap them about eight. Um, and we've had a few where we've met up in the parks and stuff and um, got some quick circuits in. Um, on, on our trails and stuff, there's not a whole lot of places where you can set up to do even a burpee um, without risking rolling down a 90-degree angle down a hill. So we set up a lot of times we have no choice but to set up circuits prior to and a circuit after. Um, and I've always just kind of kept our groups capped at eight. This way we can keep each other separated, you know, that six-foot distance because – I don't want to wind up on somebody's Facebook page, you know, look at these people here, you know, they're not, and our governor says we don't have to wear a mask when we work out. So there's always that too. It depends on the day with ours. He flips a coin, I think, and makes a decision. So as long as we're outdoors and we're spaced more than six feet, he seems to be okay with it. But if you're in a gym working out, you have to wear a mask. So I just can't go to a gym because I really struggle with wearing a mask and working out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could pull that off. There's no way. There are moments in my workouts where if there was any barriers, it's just not going to happen. The funny thing is we started doing the battle miles virtuals and mm-hmm. three of the races on there, you have to wear an altitude training mask yeah. while roughing. And uh, Th- that Mike would take practice for me. Dead. Yeah, that, yeah. That would take a lot of practice. I've seen um, a couple of the the guys local in my area, they do um, like Killington and stuff like that every year. <clears throat> Bless you. Um, they train a lot with those masks on the trails and stuff. They do that. But, you know, I've watched them. They do it in, in increments of time until their body adjusts to it. There's no way I could just put one on and head out for a 5K. That wouldn't happen. Not without tragedy yeah. in the end. Yeah, like I said, Mike was looking a little uh, horse for wear after doing that because I don't think he's done enough training with it, and I haven't started on that path yet. I've got all the, the virtuals because with Battle Miles, you buy them all up front, then you go do them. So I've got the three that are the Siege series, and I just haven't started them yet because you know, the altitude trainer's on my list. It's just not very soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, you know, when you were saying that it, this is just an opportunity for people to train, you know, a lot of people, especially early on in the, the COVID crisis, were upset, you know, I can't get to a gym, I can't do this, I can't do that. And and somebody actually posted in one of the big Spartan groups, like, well, how can I train? And, and Mike posted the perfect answer. It was, Joe says, go pick up heavy shit and carry it around. That's how he started yeah. Spartan. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and you know, he's, he's right. You don't have to have a gym. You don't have to have dumbbells. Oh, you got a bucket, put some rocks in it. Yeah. You, my, um, so my son's uh, little plastic snow sled thing that we got him a couple of years ago that he's outgrown. We threw sandbags in it and we've been dragging it around the field. And um, 
I didn't have, it, it wasn't even about being able to afford to purchase equipment at home. There was none to be found. Um, so we got yeah. creative and, you know, we went to Lowe's and we got some, um, uh, you know, just some aluminum pipes and poles and stuff. And that could withstand a certain amount of weight. And, you know, everybody's at a different level. So, you know, some of them have gallon jugs on them <laughs> that are filled with sand. Some are filled with water. Some are filled with wet sand, depending on the weight we were trying to go for. Um, you know, but we got creative with it. We do a lot of band work as well because, you know, we have accessibility to that stuff. Um, but a, a lot of what we do, like, I mean, I, we've gone out on the trails a few times and, um, before starting, you know, conjured up some, uh, uh, you know, some logs and just set them aside. And when we got back at the end of the run, the logs, we were doing squats and lunges with them and, um, four workouts. And, and, and those are, I think sometimes those are the best workouts though, because, you know, you come up with some stuff and then people walk by you and they're like, what is that? Is that woman curling a log? in the middle of a park <laughs> <laughs> so it gets it's it's fun to you know to entertain each other and come up with unique workouts and stuff and and then it's fun to watch the general public that have no idea what we're doing just look at us like we're absolutely insane yeah last weekend was a great example of that when we did the spartan beast up here we uh we rucked it because why not if you're going to do it why not ruck it and yeah. you know again doing one mile at a time the first mile, we're literally on the side of a fairly major road, and we just pick mm -hmm. a little bit of green belt and started doing burpees and supermans, and right there yeah. on the side of the road, and everybody driving by was probably like, <laughs> why are these guys wearing backpacks and doing sit-ups, you know? Oh, yeah. And then the, and next, I, I the next stop was directly in front of a house. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got to do a ruck yet. Um, I actually, when, um, you're familiar with Joey from um, uh, More Heart, Thin scars, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So, um, so he had done a ruck recently, and I wanted so bad to get in on it. And of course, I was on duty the day they were doing it. So, um, I mean, I know he'll, you know, he's all for me doing them. Um, you know, any other day, I'll look at you. <laughs> he's all for me doing them. Uh, you know, doing them before or doing them after. But I kind of like, I really wanted to be a part of everybody doing it live. And then I was like, oh look, I'm on duty that day. So I'm going to post my schedule <laughs> to everybody's pages and hope for the best, I guess. But yeah, my schedule runs yeah, a little different. We're, we're a 24 hour um, agency. So I do, I work 24 on and, and 72 off and it's either on the, the, the day I'm working or it's early the next morning. And I'm like, I know I'll never get any sleep if I have plans to go run a ruck or something the next morning, it'll never happen. Yeah, next year we're supposed to, Mike and I are supposed to get down there. We're supposed to do it this year, but again, COVID. And mm -hmm. my company has a two-week a two uh, quarantine if I get on a plane. So yeah. there's no way for me to do it. But I was supposed to go down. We're supposed to spend a week or so with, with Zach and Joey and Erica and Shannon and everybody. Because we're working on actually expanding it up here into the Northwest. So yeah. Um, texting Joey and Zach and all them. Um, we've actually got a couple of athletes that we're going to start training with. And uh, the, we've got a gal whose daughter has Trevay syndrome, which is mm -hmm. uh, severe epileptic and a bunch of other stuff. But we got her out on the special Spartan in 2018. They had a kid's race. Nice. And she's just about old enough now to be the full Spartan. So we're going to have her start working out with us. Nice. at the, the Beast Net Training Grounds, which is 
moving over the next few weeks to a permanent location. We're actually going to have built an OCR in Mike's new backyard. And we have, you know, the Atlas, we have Atlas balls, we have tires, we have rope climb, uh, monkey bars. We're building a multi-rig. Um, we've nice. got the, what is that, the Olympus wall. We've got, I think, mm-hmm. 16 feet of that. So we've got a lot of different stuff. And, and we're just going to use all that to work on learning the rigging and learning how to, how to do all that with, with more hearts and scars so we can get out on the course in 2021, I guess now, and, and take an yeah. athlete through, uh, probably try to get our hands on a belly act for any of the deep mud or water traversing and, and go that route. So it's funny that you bring up Joey because yeah. I've texted with him often. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I felt bad. So he, he posted, um, I think it was, it was the week before because it, it was literally the day before I was leaving to fly out and they were they were up here in the Maiden Air or Marion area where I live at. I think he might have been 30, 35 minutes from me. And he was like, come on, yeah. help us build. And I'm like, why is it always when I'm like, you know how it is the day before you're about to leave somewhere. It's on vacation between the husband and, and my son. And, you know, I'm the one that's responsible to make sure we don't forget anything before we leave. Um, so I wasn't able to make it up their way, but I followed their posts and stuff and what they were doing. And it's, um, you know, so many people within the OCR community, just, they just truly amaze me. They really do. Um, it, you know, uh, people don't realize how much strength they have until they really put their mind into starting just something, you know, they just take one small step forward. And the next thing you know, they are doing amazing things that they never thought they could do. And I love being that person who gets to sit back and watch that progress. I think it's amazing. Yeah, they uh, stopped right in the middle of that build and right as they were eating dinner, called in and recorded an episode with me. Awesome. And that one posted up last week. And it was was real funny because they also mentioned, and you might reach out to Joey for more details, but they're supposed to be having a uh, barbecue and first annual mini OCR out there sometime in September at the same place. I'll have to find out with them about it. I might have, uh, someone might have sent me something because I know that there's something in my area going on in September. And then um, I believe it's the, there's one in October that's, I think it's out in the Midwest or it might be Missouri Um, or Mississippi. Is it the, it's the Irish one. So they've got, uh, yeah, they've got the Phoenix City Mud Run in, uh, September, uh, September 11th to be exact. It's the triad event down in uh, Meridian, Tennessee, I want to say it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the Celtic Warrior, which is yes. donating the proceeds to More Hearts and Scars, that one is in Mississippi in October. But aside from that, More Hearts and Scars is building all that all that obstacle stuff at Zach's house at the, at the base camp there, and they're going to host a a small barbecue and get together for all the friends. So. And that's where they were just at here in my area. Okay. Yeah. Over I'll in North Carolina. Um, yeah. Black yeah it's in Marion. Area. Yep. Yep. I'll have to get in touch with Joey on that and stay, stay connected to that one. Cause it's, that's in my area. Yeah. That'd be a good one to go check out. Um, I'm brain farting. It's been a long uh, week already. It's only what Tuesday or is it Monday? What is today? It's, it's, it's Monday, which is kind of scary because <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Uh, I leave for vacation in two days, so 
that's, I think that's where my brain's already at. Um, yeah, vacation got a, brain. Got a, I've got a great campsite uh, where the Portland, uh, Portland, uh, Oregon sprint and hurricane nice. heat were all planned and set to happen this weekend, and those were canceled. But I still have a great campsite, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Make the best out of it. Take some good exactly. pictures and that's, post that's, them. Well, I was going to post and see if someone wanted, if there's anybody that kept their reservations too, and if they wanted to meet up like Saturday for a a ruck or a workout or something down around the area. I just got to figure out what's down there before I do yeah. that. And I'm going up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So. Yeah, I've been living vicariously be cool. through um, Jesse's. Have you seen his pictures? on his travels oh yeah i've been living i've been living vicariously through those right there because some of those shots he's posted are absolutely amazing yeah he came down uh right after he went on that eastern washington trip with tatiana where they just posted Mm -hmm. tons and tons of pictures yeah Yeah. came down and and went and did some mileage with us um at a local park and we just kind of talked about that whole trip and of course all his pictures and stuff and then we had tatiana on the show a few weeks ago too uh and he's just, he's out right now. He's, I think he just got home this morning or he's still out. I'm not sure which, but yeah. man, that's, we got to meet up and do more hikes together because where he's going is a lot cooler than where I'm going. Yeah. yeah, he does seem to find the best spots, doesn't he? I think it's because a good part of his job is quite literally sitting and supervising a job site where he can do a lot of research and other stuff while sitting at the computer. Yeah. He seems to come up with all sorts of great ideas sometimes. Yeah. But uh, All right. so we're, we've been talking for a little while mm-hmm. and we're kind of running in some circles now. So <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to somebody who's who's in the middle of trying to get sober or just found the sober Spartans or they happen to be listening to this just because they subscribe to the regular podcast and it comes up in the feed? What would you say to them, Shanna? There's a lot of truth to taking things one moment at a time. Um, For someone who is uh, newly trying to step into recovery, my number one is to take deep breaths and remember that whatever's going on in this moment doesn't necessarily have to be happening in the next moment. Um, And I don't believe that on any level that we're meant to do this life alone. And that is most important in people that are trying to maintain recovery, whether you're stepping into recovery for day one or hour one, or whether you're, you know, five years into it, we're meant to do this as a village, as people um, together. And I think that's why a lot of us that have been in, that are in recovery and also doing OCR, I think that's why it's so successful for us because we're not doing it alone. You know, you can't, Nobody really truly does an OCR event by themselves. As much as you may want to, you're not going to. Everybody's out on the same course doing the same thing. And, you know, and in recovery, step off into it. You know, you can, I think that's one of the beautiful things with Sober Spartans is you can become a part of the room without ever saying anything right away. So you're never pressured to put your business out there or to feel like you have to say anything. But my advice is if, you know, if you're new into Sober Spartans, click on the group every day and just read and kind of see what people are posting and what they're saying. Because at some point along the line, somebody's going to say they're going to, you know, this is what's going on this week or this is what I'm going through right now. And it's going to trigger that connection with you. Um, and just deep breaths because recovery is hell on its own. It truly is. And and for someone who might be trying to do it for the very first time, 
hang in there, man. Just hang in there. It does get better. This year has been extraordinarily hard for people trying to get sober, whether it's drugs or alcohol or even other addictions. Uh, with, with COVID, it has been really tough. So I like to remind the listeners, you know, reach out to us, reach out to me, reach out to Shannon, Jesse, Jessica, or Amanda, you know, we're all here and, you know, don't be afraid. There, there's nothing that you can say that that's going to chase us away or we're, we're here that's for right. you. And, and we just want to help you. We don't, we don't want to tell you what to do. We don't want to do anything. We just want to listen to you and help you where you need it. No, just use our experience and guide, you know, that's all we can do. You know, we, you know, between just the group of us, you know, not every one of us has been through the same exact thing. But if you laid all of our business out on the table, I bet we could cover that puzzle pretty good with all of our pieces. And it's, yeah, especially with the group that we've got, uh, you know, even Tatiana, who I talked about earlier, she's a yeah. certified uh, group counselor for people with mental health and, and addiction problems. And, yeah. and she did that just because she got sober by the time she was 18. Yeah, that's just an amazing story. Somebody who went through that much um, abuse of, of substance by the time they were 12. Yeah. You know, so. Why have I not? Do you have an interview with Tatiana? Because I probably need to look at hers. Because mine, people are amazed because mine started so young. Because um, when, you know, people say, how old were you when you got clean from drugs? And, you know, and I tell them I was 19 the last time I used drugs. And, and they're like, they're like, well, you know, you're 42 now. And. They're like, how, you know, how much could you have done? And I'm like, I left home when I was 12 and I never went back. So, and here I am at 42. So I need to watch Tatiana's story. Her and I might need to have some coffee sometime. (laughs) Yeah, she's, uh, the Silver Spartans episode is posted. And then, of course, if you listen to her regular uh, BeastNet episode, she touches base on it. Um, She's been on the show, I think, three or four times now. Um, She's a good friend. She actually showed up at our our beast workout completely unannounced said that she uh she just decided that it was time to go for a run and and showed up we were about halfway down on our way back and there she comes running over the hill at us <laughs> <laughs> it's rare so. to to find us there were you know there were girls that i grew up with that young that you know they were all struggling with addiction and stuff even at that young of an age and it's you know it's crazy because my son's going to be 12 next month and you know, I know what I went through, but none of my kids have ever experienced anything like that. So it's it's weird to say that, you know, this is what I was doing when I was 11 and 12. And then my son, who you know, just recently got grounded off Xbox. <laughs> so, you know, that's the extent of his devastation. Um, but it's rare to, to find people, you know, like Tatiana and I were, you know, we came through so much and, and we're still here, you know, not in prison and not dead, which is what society said we we should have been by now. So. I look forward to one day getting to meet her. Now, she travels quite a bit, and uh, it sounds like she's part of the group that's going to be going to the October um, Dallas next year with us. I'll have to look into that. And it's because I've been, October's been the, I've been doing Atlanta, I think, in October, just because it's like, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump down for me. Um, But I've been trying to find some excuse to get out and start getting some Midwest and West State states runs in and stuff too so i'll have to check my schedule and see if i can pull that off and it'll be a lot of fun and you'll have a lot of people lollygagging and having a real fun time uh you know we make fun of uh mike the, the founder of the show um <laughs> he was able to actually talk consistently without shutting up for 31 miles and he never told <laughs> the same story twice <laughs> 
So he's uh, a lot of fun and a hoot to have out then. on the trail. Is that growth in progress? Yeah. I take it. <laughs> yeah, he keeps us going. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, Shannon. Thank um, you for inviting we me. We definitely need to we need to meet up. You know, when I get out to the east coast, or if you get out to the west coast, or maybe we meet in the middle. Um, you know, I've been invited to get out to, to any of the events uh, that More Hearts and Scars is doing out there, and I just need to to get the travel ban lifted at work so I can get there. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be soon and, for and, all yeah. of us. Thanks for listening to Sober Spartans on the BeastNet podcast. Please remember to be respectful of the guests on the show and their level of anonymity. Episodes of Sober Spartans will air the last Sunday of the month and are open to the public to listen to. If you hear this and feel like you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. Find us on Facebook at Sober Spartans or email me at beastnetpodcast at gmail.com. We're here for you.